I go back to New York for a week to like help my girl and my brother move. Mm-hmm. And then down to Mexico. Mr. Worldwide, Dalton <laughs> Weeks. Does not lie about it. Welcome back, guys. Episode number 166. Yeah. And uh, today we have your favorite guest, Mr. Dalton Weeks, as everybody freaking knows. Check right out episodes. I, I, I searched this up before. Episodes 17 and 49. If you want to check out the other ones. Yeah. For sure. But this one's definitely, I think this one's going to be the most anticipated. Bro, yeah. I was an early adopter to the 2 a.m. podcast. Oh, dude. Yeah, bro. You joined That's us right. from the first days. That's crazy. <laughs> Um, so as you guys know, he's been, dude, you've been off social media. So we've been trying to guess what the hell yeah, you've been up to. So like, where do we even start with you? I want you to choose where specifically you want to start. What was, I, I have a question. What was the most like significant visual time for you? Oh. I would say, you, why don't you start with that? And you can go, you well, can either go backwards. The last time I was on here was post bike trip. I'm assuming. Yeah, right? post-bike yeah. trip. And you told us about how Amazon fucked up your order and like all that before. And like- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I would say, damn, we had Costa Rica, Mexico, New York. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Um, we can, dude, I don't even know where to start. Um, I would say even just moving back to, moving back to New York, that's a good place to kick it off and we can revisit like soccer visa and Costa Rica and stuff, but let's do it. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of like major stuff that happened in America in general within those times. And Dalton wasn't even here. Like me and you were here in California based. Mm-hmm. He was kind of everywhere. So we were kind of just like, what's going on? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe he does have some perspectives that are. His, like, his perspective is always interesting here? because it's just, it's so outside of the box and it's so unlike any other perspective out there. Cause everyone's usually stuck in their little hometown, you know, just, doing their thing but yeah. you're just like boom 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 everywhere yeah i think that so the last 13 months i've been in new york city i've been living in manhattan um, my little brother and i have a little studio apartment in lower east side wow. uh, just off a of houston orchard um yeah i decided to move back post costa rica um long story short I had a former boss of mine. Um, he runs a coffee shop down in Manhattan and his wife got sick. It was like a, a pretty crucial time to step up to the plate and like as a human, right? There's, there's very few times in life that you can hop in and actually be an integral part of like helping somebody's story. Right? Yeah. My boss was a, a very good friend of mine. He, he's always helped me out. He's always stepped up to the plate whenever I needed help. Um, so in his time of need, it was just like a, it was an easy transition, right? I had Costa Rica in the, in the background. As much as I enjoyed that chapter, it was like, it just didn't hit. There was, there was something missing. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a very physical chapter. Um, and I needed some like emotional stability. I think there was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a time where I needed to have like a, a better grounding and a better foundation for whatever reason I found that in New York city. Um, so I went back to the restaurant. I helped for the last nine months or so. And yeah. And then I just made the pivot into, into the crypto world and stuff like that. So. <laughs> just a little, just a little bit. Just a ton. Yeah. Um, incredible. I, I, I find it unique that you, you were able to find it in New York, you know, one of the busiest cities out there 
knowing you, like, I, I don't know, ever, ever since meeting you, I was just like, this guy's super chill. I just couldn't picture him in New York. You know what I mean? Place in the but world. But then like, it's, it's crazy to me that you say you found it there. <clears throat> if you were to, to describe like the essence of New York, what is like the best picture or best word you can put? There's, there's, there's two sayings that I kind of go with here, right? They, yeah. they say, leave LA before it makes you too soft and leave New York before it makes you too hard. <laughs> and like, obviously growing up here, like, dude, I'm, I'm a kind guy, like very, you know, yeah. like genuine. I don't, I'm not trying to impress or anything like that, but then you go to New York and then it's like hustle, hustle, hustle. And like, mm. you're like, yo, get the fuck out of my way. You're like, you're like oh my God, <laughs> getting humbled you know, every so second. Like, yeah. I, I think that that's a, an interesting take on the city. And then also like the best way to kind of phrase the cultural movements within Los Angeles and New York is like hustle and creativity are both at the forefront mm-hmm. of both cities, right? LA, you're creative first, hustle second. New York, you're hustle first, creative second. Gotcha. And I think that it's an interesting frame of reference because living in LA, like everybody's like, oh, I'm a blogger. It's <laughs> like, all right, cool. And then you go to New York and they're like, yeah, I'm a waiter. I'm a bartender. And I also, I'm a, I'm a lawyer on the side. You're like, what? what? How, are you like, how are you doing all of this stuff? You know, but I think that everybody has two jobs, three jobs. There, there's connections that can be made. And I think that that's something that I sought out New York just because I wanted the energy. Mm-hmm. And like coming back here, like this is my first time being home in like 18 months, right? Yeah. Bro, it's so slow. It's so slow. You're, you're probably losing your mind uh, internally, I would say. Yeah. There, there is no, the rate at which something happens in New York is just like, you go from like, you'll be on the F train and there's like a homeless man with his dick out and then you get off the train <laughs> and then there's like people yelling, screaming, whatever on the subway platform. Then you walk outside and then there's like traffic, horns, sirens. And like, I hate that. Yeah. But then you, it, you adapt. Right. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you have this ability to like see through noise and look for signal. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? And wow. like it, you learn to embrace all of what is going on. And then you get really good at identifying what is mm. the most important part to take away from this. And I think it's a skill that like, obviously you have to be observant and you have to kind of look for this stuff. Like, yeah, I, it's not like I'm just like, oh, headphones in all the time. You know what I'm saying? But if if you allow New York to change you in that way, I think it 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 does a good job. Wow. Even downtown LA, I feel like it it kind of simu- like resembles New York, but I've never been there. So I assume it's just a thousand times what downtown LA is. I can assume. I mean, the closest I got, I, I was like uh, two months in Turkey and the whole time I was on my legs. So I would I would I enjoyed walking everywhere. And just taking public transport. So a lot of metros, a lot of things like mm-hmm. that. So under underground railways and whatever. So I think seeing that noisy aspect of how life can be lived is crazy. Because when you said um, you start looking for signals, I'm like, yeah, everything's more patternized. So you can, you can sit there with your AirPods and then look for visual cues. You'll find the visually normal people. Mm-hmm. You, will, you will see, like, it's just... It's weird. I wasn't able to adapt just yet because I wasn't there for that long, but I can um, almost see how you become like this um, insane filtration machine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the truth. Bro. Yeah. It's, um, and there is kind of a silence in between all the noise. 
You're right. It's kind of like if you're used to being in and out of flow state, you might be able to enjoy that, I would say. I mean, that's what New York puts you in, right? I don't think it's healthy like by any means. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I, I don't. There's a whole perspective, a perspective shift that really happens when you're in this pace. Um, and it, like, I don't want to speak for everybody that's in New York, right? It's a very like cool place to live. And it's, it is calm if you find the right people and stuff, but there is just a level of, of like sensory overload that happens when you're in the city. And like, I respect what you post, right? Like, I think that you do a very good job of like talking about like the health benefits and some of like just the shit that we put in our bodies mm-hmm. being in New York and constantly being overloaded by sensation and just like constantly taking in this garbage. It's a lot. You become an incredible filtration system, like you said, but at the same time that that takes practice and mm-hmm. it's a sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that you do take on like a lot of load, a lot of negative load mm-hmm. living in a city like that, right? It's not, not only thing. like, smog and and trash and and it's dirty and stuff like that but like the emotional overload of living in the city and having to deal with this stuff and and we say it all the time when we live in the city is like a week goes by like and six weeks goes by like two days and so i like look at my phone i'm like how the fuck is it july that's the one thing dude dude i mean i feel like that here too to be honest sometimes no imagine i'm telling you imagine like 10x where you just like what? day, 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 day. Whoa. It's just like yeah. you wake up, you do your thing, boom, boom. It's seven o'clock at night. Seven, oh, okay, I'm going to go get drinks. Drinks this, boom, boom, boom. It's Friday. I'm like, how the, it was just Monday. <clears throat> it, is, it is a sensory overload. Maybe that's where that whole idea comes from. It's just like people who, maybe people who live in the city and they work a traditional nine to five. Um, a lot of people say that, you know, you wake up one day and you're 40 years old. You're like, where did all the time go? I think that plays more when you're when you're in a scenario like his, just like sensory in a, overload in yeah. an environment like that. I didn't really think of it like that. That's a good way to put it. Um, sensory overload. I think yeah. breaking up your days becomes. It's funny. Like it's it's just funny how my entire life is kind of. You get out what you put in, right? Mm-hmm. And like the things that you're interested in are obviously going to appear in your life over time right and it's because it's what you're paying attention to i wrote my college thesis on memory bumps which is basically this thought that like as a kid you have like multiple sensory episodes throughout a day that are like they put a lot of stress on your on your mind and on your body and stuff like as a kid you're super pumped on pe class and then lunch and then you have baseball practice after school and then you get to go see grandma and like mm-hmm. so many things that happen in a day and you're like fuck yes, yes. Like, it was crazy let's, sick. Go. let's go yeah like, you, like, you know monday was monday dude. yeah like yeah so yeah. you have like this this definitive answer of like this is monday mm-hmm. and guess what on tuesday it happens again and you're like yes this is sick but as an adult you kind of lose that right like what are we looking forward to like Oh, it's three months away. Oh, okay, cool. And then three months, you're like, holy shit, like it's already here. And it's like, because you didn't have a definitive break in your days. Mm. And so I think that practicing something like that and just really taking in the important things throughout a day, like it, it can really change the way your perspective on time. And that's mm-hmm. something that I've like had to practice. Yeah. I also think that that's why people in New York love seasons is because like, that's the only break that they have in like 
Oh my wow. god, it's warm yeah, outside. It's another sensory. That's it's crazy. A, it's a thing where they're like, yeah. oh, it's cold as shit. Oh man, it was just hot. Like, oh okay, cool. We're in another season. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't need to be like that. Yeah, you it's like New York has to be the school bell where it just reminds you that it's lunchtime, basically. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Yeah, an adult, dude, you can't forget that. You can't, I, we all go down that hill of like, you know, you're in this cycle and you're just tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and you don't realize you're going through these seasons and whatever. And technically there are daily seasons, which we call breaks. You know, they're just mindful times that you kind of cut off. You know what I mean? You are the principal of your school, technically. Mm -hmm. You know, you tell yourself when to take lunch and all that. No one's going to do that for you. It is easier when someone does and you get to realize, oh my God, great. You know, I had a half day yesterday <laughs> because someone reminded you, you're supposed to be doing that. So that's another excess job as an adult. So, I mean, I don't, I don't blame people for just, you know, never taking a break. Yeah. It's hard to remind yourself, especially if you're in a, in a city like that. That's crazy. Yeah. So with memory bumps, like, is, does it just come down to a certain activity within your day that you're excited about? The basically, so there was a doctor. I wish I, one, I wish I still had the paper. I lost the flash drive that it was on. RIP flash drives. <laughs> um, I wish I could remember the, the doctor's name. Um, basically, the entire premise of it was that there were physical man manifestations on your brain from like sensory, like taking in this specific sensory overload right mm. and it was a positive thing right so like i'll give you a quick story i was in panama as in bocas del toro and i rode my bike across the entire island it was like a four-hour ride this four-hour ride it was hot i was on a rusty bike it was like i remember the handlebars it the one handlebar on the right side was like kind of broken and so i was like still touching a little bit of metal right chain was rusty in the middle of the jungle howler monkeys like <laughs> picturesque right it was yeah. badass and i was just like i was thoroughly just like living four hour ride the road ends up spitting you off into the beach and there's like a picturesque like photo on my instagram it's like a road that turns into sand and then there's like it's lined by like palm trees and i was like damn, damn. dude this yeah. is this is badass this, yeah. like i'm, I'm Straight like up. i'm into this it was hot as hell and there was like one little shack that was a restaurant, right? And I was like, the only thing I could think about was like, God damn, I want an ice cold purple Gatorade. <laughs> that is the only thing I want right now. And I'm like, dude, I'm in the middle of nowhere, Panama. There's no way in hell that this one tiny little shack that's on the side of the island is going to have a purple Gatorade. <laughs> I go up, I'm like ordering my food and I'm like, ma'am, by any chance, do you guys have Gatorade? And she's like, I only have one left. And I was like, dude, it's going to be fucking red. I hate red Gatorades. Yes. I was like, dude, all right, yeah, I'll take it. And I'm like, on top of that, like, is this thing even going to be cold, right? Yeah. <laughs> I order the fish and she's like, oh, my son's catching fish right now. I'll fry everything up. Cool. And I'll give it to you. I was like, where is it? So I'm like sitting there hanging out 30 minutes. I'm drinking like the last of my water bottle. I see her come walking out. She has the fish in her hand. And all of a sudden she sets down this fucking ice cold purple Gatorade. And I was like, <laughs> oh my no God. No way. I take a sip and now forever, I'm going to flash back to like me taking this sip of ice cold purple Gatorade in Panama. Yeah. Right? Wow. And so it was, it was like a massive break in my life where I was like, and it sounds so stupid, like purple Gatorade, like dude, get the fuck over it. And I'm like, no, it's not that. It's the fact that this is like, I remember the feeling of it hitting my tongue. I remember it like me swallowing it. Like it was oh just like God. such an intense experience because I was like, 
it was hot, whatever. I was going through this. Like, and you were doubting. Traumatic. Yeah. It wasn't traumatic. You were doubting that it was there. Day. So that. Yeah. It just, just, it just plays to everything. Right? Yeah. And so like these memory bumps basically are a way for us as adults to segment our life. Right. Mm. So if you go through your day and you pay attention to your senses and you're like, okay, this is how it smells. This is how it tastes. This is how it looks. This is what I'm listening to. Right. Like it is a very definitive way to have events that might be worth something like soccer. Right. Like mm -hmm. we, we see it all the time. Like the feeling of our cleats hitting the ground, the feeling of you making a cut, like you ringing a ball off the post or something like that. These are definitive ways for you to segment your life. And as an adult, we don't have somebody telling me when to take lunch. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in it, when I'm like in my freaking flow and I'm just like absolutely banging out my reports and stuff, dude, I won't eat. I just, won't drink. Dude, I'm just up. like, I'm yeah, zoned yeah. in. And so now it's a way for me to like definitively say like, okay, bang, this is something that happened. Mm -hmm. And then you seek that out, right? Continuously, like listening to the subway, listening to the train track, the feeling of flowing on the, on the subway cars. It's mm -hmm. like, just like stupid little things, but like they aren't stupid little things. Like the little things are the important details. And so I think that that's just a, it, it's sick. Like I, mm. I enjoy that and I'm 27, right? And like, I've done all of this stuff and I'm like, people are like, oh my God. The reason I wrote this paper was exactly what you said earlier, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to wake up when I'm 40 and be like, dude, I just wasted my entire fucking life. People do it. They yeah. get obsessed with their like day to day. But then being obsessed with their day to day they skip the entire year and they're like, wait, I was just 26 and now I'm 27. I'm overweight and this and that and life's passing me by. I'm like, cause you weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. You are not paying attention to what is going on around you. And yeah. so you're yeah, right. That's, that's, that. that's the true life. That's what real life is. Okay. Um, I, I talk to a lot of people a lot about, you know, when they're career driven, they think career is life right? They, they start to implement things in their life to fit their career. And I'm like, dude, hold the hell on. Like that's incorrect as fuck, first of all, mm -hmm. because have you thought about kids? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about any other avenue than this? Because I'd hate to break it to you, but that's the real life. Career is just a part that's going to help you live that. Yeah. And the fact that all of your time, you know, like 70 plus hours at work, your career, that's unfortunately going to be called life. And then you say, what? I hate my life. Well, it's not your life. Your life needs to be revisited. That's the problem. Um, so kind of like, I think what Dalton does best is he's very mindful of the little things. So my dad always tells me, like, it's not about it's not about the big things you purchase. It's about getting rid of the small things because that adds up, right? That's the same thing. It kind of applies to like other parts of life. Mm. It's all about the little details. It's all about the little things that stack up. Those become significant. It's not about, you know, me recording the podcast today. It's about how did I treat Dalton? Like, what did we do? You know what I mean? We had coffee right before. Like things like that build up. It's all about the build up. It's all about... It's all about the buildup rather than the climax. And then what do you know? I go make a movie, right? What do I have? I have a beginning and an ending. And then like everything in between is just filled in. Mm -hmm. Everything in between is really what matters. Yeah. The little details. The, <laughs> if you don't pay attention, you, you become mediocre. You see what I mean? You can take that and apply that to everything. And you get yeah. to realize that that kind of just forms life. And you're like, wow, life is just a bunch of little details. Mm -hmm. And none of the big crap actually mattered. It just held me back for a minute. So because of all the shit you've been through, 
27 years old, do you genuinely feel like your life has been long or has it been short because of how much shit you've packed into it? Bro, it feels long as hell. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. That's great. Because that gives people hope. It's like this, yeah. this idea that you know, time is always going by quickly. Yeah, Not necessarily true. It comes what, down what to- What Arabs it. say, it's just like, you've been blessed by time. Like, like God gave you the sense of like to feel the time, which is mm-hmm. a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It means money's involved. It means you're, you're going to have a great family. It means like this, this, and that. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like that, honestly. It's a great outlook on seeing things. But yeah. You, uh, so you talked about signal versus noise. Mm. Talk to us about crypto. <laughs> talk to us about visual what noise. You're doing. I was waiting for this. I'm like, damn, are we really going to talk about it? I'm like, you have to. I'm, I'm going to get murdered on the internet. Dude, I see. I, okay, I just have to say this because yeah. it's like, look, I'm like, I'm balls deep in this stuff. Like, I am constantly taking in, like, consuming is part of, of learning, right? Like, mm-hmm. yep, I absolutely. think that people have a very negative outlook on consuming, but in order to create, you need to consume. 100%. And I think that people, have like this really shitty ability to just consume without reacting to anything or, or, or like proactively searching like, okay, cool. How am I, how is this going to implement, or how am I going to implement this into my life? They just like consume to consume yeah. because they're like fucking bored. And I might do that. doesn't make any sense to me, but um, I guess I just need to kind of start from the beginning with this, but I got involved in crypto in June of 2017. Um, <laughs> what a journey it has been dude it's been uh the highest of highs and lowest of lows um okay cool so june of 2017 i was a barista at world trade center um blue bottle as like part of the opening squad there there was one regular and one co-worker of mine that consistently talked to about bitcoin i was like dude bitcoin fuck this like i was, I was everybody right i was everybody i was like 2017 this, this is so stupid yeah okay digital internet money all right that's fine yeah exactly i was like all right fuck it whatever so then september 23rd i tore my acl yeah and i had nowhere to go i was like i had to get the surgery right and so then i was basically long story short the knee injury caused me to be at home for two months and i was stuck in a in a small apartment in brooklyn without money and only time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so what are you going to do? Right. So going along with like that consuming and stuff, right. I was like, all right, if I'm going to be stuck in bed for two months and having to go to physical therapy, and that was literally my life was like, wake up, do my little stretchy exercises, go to PT, come back, come back Mm -hmm. home. And I had no money. So I was like rice, beans and top ramen. Right. Like (laughs) I was like, so I I literally just had time. So I was like, all right, okay. YouTube university. I'm going through it. I'm like, what is Bitcoin? What is a hash rate? What is this? What is that? I'm like, dude, what the hell? Going through that. And then I think people's, the barrier to entry for investing is very small, but people feel that it is massive. Why? Well, because we're attached to these things. So like, I work really hard for my money. I don't want to lose it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they'll spend $2,500 on a vacation. Like, oh, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I'm saying? But then $2,500 is used as tuition to learn about this emerging asset class. They're like, why the fuck would I do that? Yeah. You'd- I've, I've just never been like that, right? Like, I'm always like, if I want to learn about something, if I want to learn how to play soccer, I'm going to move to Columbia. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Like, I, I'm very extreme with these things because I think that, that it expedites the learning process. Mm-hmm. 
You're so, in a different crowd at that point. Yeah. yeah like, I'm just like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go balls deep. I'm going to go 100%. I'm going to run at the wall and I'm going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. So I, I threw like 500 bucks in. Um, was really obsessed with learning, was really obsessed with crypto Twitter. And like, I didn't even have a Twitter before that. I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to make a Twitter so I can learn about this stuff and be up to the minute. Cool. There is a whole ecosystem of personalities, anonymous personalities, and some that are docs, undocs, whatever, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That is the number one avenue to learn about crypto and NFTs, Twitter. Wow. Bar none, yeah. Like, it is the spot. And so I was like, okay, curation is a skill. I'm going to curate the fuck out of my Twitter timeline, and I'm going to learn. Mm. That was what I did. Threw in like 500 bucks, right? I threw in 500 bucks because I had no money. If I had more money, I would have thrown more in, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. I was going to do what you got to do. I like yeah. tore my ACL. 500 bucks became like $86,000 in like three months. And I was like, holy shit, I'm a genius, <laughs> right? I solved it. Yeah. yeah. I, was <laughs> like, yes. I was like, you stupid motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> I knew what I was doing. Cool. Well, yeah, I got hacked and I lost every single penny. Every single penny, 5.2 Bitcoin gone. I was like, yo, this is, this is the cryptopia hack. It was like, if anybody knows crypto, that's exactly what happened. Happened. I had 5.2 Bitcoin sitting on an exchange in New Zealand. The exchange got hacked and I lost literally all of my 5.2 Bitcoin every dime. And it wasn't even just my money. Like I was helping friends of mine. It was like, I was like the guy that people were going to like, oh yeah, like teach me about this stuff. I was like, all right, cool. Boom. Cryptopia gone. I was like, Uh genius to ground zero. Exactly. Genius to ground zero. And you're like, like, I can't even begin to think right now, but let me just think. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was like, it, it smacked me down. Right. And I was like going through this process of my ACL. I was going through physical therapy. It was like pretty traumatic. Like Anybody that has gone through an ACL or, or has been close to somebody that has gone through that process, it's a very long, tedious process. It's a life-changing process because like you have to, you have empathy for people that are going through injuries and stuff. Cool. I lose all that money. This is 2018, 2019 now. And I'm like, what do you do? Like as an athlete, like if you lose a big game, what happens? You're like, you're pissed off for a day, maybe two days. And then you go back to the drawing board. You're like, okay, this is mm-hmm. what I need to get better at. And you start practicing again. That's what I did. And so 2018, late 2018, I get back on the horse. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's get back into it. We're peak bear market. Like there was nothing really popping off, but bear markets are for builders. When everybody's looking left at the new shiny thing, the builders are on the right, just freaking plugging away. Mm. And that's what we're going through right now. Right. In current crypto and NFTs. It's so fascinating as humans, why we aren't paying attention right now. It's because it's not in the news. Nothing's selling for $85 million. Like they're like, nobody cares because mm. there's no bright and shiny object. Mm. Meanwhile, there is massive innovations that are taking place and nobody's paying attention. <laughs> and I'm just like, it, it's fascinating. So 2019, 2020, I, I'm going through the process of getting back involved. 2020, we blow up. Um, COVID actually played really well into the crypto market. So crypto market's going parabolic. Everybody's making money, having a good time. Um, Get involved with NFTs in late, no, mid 2021. Everybody's talking about monkey pictures and all of the normie stuff, right? Mm -hmm. People are, are starting to pay attention. 
the idea of digital ownership wasn't a thing, right? And so I think the best way to explain crypto and NFTs to people is just a base layer of understanding. Crypto and NFTs are important because this is the only time in human history that we are going from a physical ledger to a digital ledger. Mm-hmm. We're going from physical ownership to digital ownership. If you look at your driver's license, it's a physical card. Well, eventually it's going to be a digital card. Mm-hmm. There is a massive transition that is happening. Our parents and our grandparents don't understand how important it is to have digitally owned objects because they don't think you own it. It's like, oh, okay, it's on my phone. But then you go to a 13-year-old kid right now and then they're like, oh yeah, that's mine. And it's on my phone. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? There's, yeah. there's no... yeah. It's like they will never renew the registration online anymore. They'll still go to the DMV. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's just how you do it. And it's like, not anymore. I don't know how to explain this to you, but you don't need to walk anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like that's the, just obvious yeah. too. Like, I don't know why people would deny that. It's just- so it's like the rate of innovation, right? But yeah. people don't like change. So in 2021, I'm getting involved with NFTs. And yeah, it's like this whole rate of change and idea of digital ownership and stuff is just it's fascinating so yeah that's that's pretty much all i can say about that like it's um i mean going digital is not people think it's like it's going to be a nightmare when in reality it's already 80 percent there i mean look at social media okay we we say people suck people this people that well When you go out and meet people in the real world, you go, okay, people aren't that bad. Mm. Where are all these bad people? And you start realizing that social media is just becoming, people act like social media is this first world, right? That's just how everyone is. You know, do you see what so-and-so is up to? And it's like, well, what is he up to on Instagram or just like in real life? Because I can tell (laughs) you that, you know, he's chilling at Moon Goat right now. He's not- Damn. He's not an Amsterdam. (laughs) It's been a long time, bro. Yeah. So it's like- um, we, I don't know what it is, dude, but I swear to God, it's like, we're all in a GTA game and you're just, everybody's viewing themselves differently now. I'm not really in the first world. What's the first world? I tell everyone, slap yourself every once in a while so you can humble yourself and check yourself that mm-hmm. you're in this room, dude. All right. You're not up to anything else right now because being present is extremely missing. Mm-hmm. Um. So when you have like psychological, like, you know, mistrust or, um, it, it kind of, it's going to be harder to understand what NFTs are, you know, for, if I'm going to explain this to my father, he's going to be like, yeah, sure. I'll put some money in. And it's like, well, it's not about money. It's, I want you to understand why you should own something. Yeah. Right. It's more about the principle and like the, the motivation behind it. And you gotta, you gotta remember that there's a lot of people that if they don't understand NFTs and crypto and all this stuff, meaning they don't even understand mortgage and finances to begin with Mm. on this earth, because if you truly mastered that, you would be like, what's next? That's honestly, that's, I, so to tell you guys what I'm doing right now, I'm a NFT analyst for proof. Um, at this point, proof is like the second biggest NFT company behind Yuga Labs and Yuga Labs is the creators of Board Ape Yacht Club. Um, and hell yeah. People see us as like the up and comers to the incumbent, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's 
it is massively interesting to understand the cultural shift that is happening with the use of data, with the use of analytics, Mm -hmm. with the use of qualitative information and like just kind of analyzing what these companies are doing, how much money is coming into the space from people that you trust, but you would never know that that's happening because if you say, hey guys, we're producing our NFT, people on the internet are like, are you fucking here? You're killing the universe. It's like, bro, yeah, okay, calm down. You know, (laughs) there's just, again, so much noise behind it. So how do you get to the signal there, right? And it's like, you have to find trusted people that you can go to and say like, hey, like, this is what's actually actually happening. Mm-hmm. And like, is is crypto bad for the environment? It's like, okay, proof of work is like, proof of work takes a lot of energy. It's a heavy energy consumption. But what's going on with Ethereum right now is the merge, right? And they're, they're going from proof of work to proof of stake. Proof of stake does not take nearly the amount of energy consumption that proof of work does. So they're, they're mm. acknowledging, okay, this is bad for the environment. We're going to make a change. And so I think that that's where people are so caught up with what has happened in 2017 and 2018. They're like thinking back because they don't adjust. People don't like change. Um, it, it is massively interesting to understand why the public views it this way. And I, and I think it's just because like you're saying about social media, right? Like the small minority has the biggest voice because they don't have like the social inhibition to like, they just say whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. They're just yeah. like loud noises, right? And it's like, it doesn't, they, they don't have inhibitions with sharing their opinions. And then people go through the comments and they're like, oh, wow, that makes sense. It's like, no, it doesn't make sense. He has no idea what he's talking about, but he thinks he knows what he's talking about. And, it sounded and then pretty. you aren't going to dig deeper and people don't like doing their research. And that's why I respect what you post, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I know that you sit there and you're reading all of your studies and like, that is my job. Mm-hmm. I read white paper after white paper after white paper. I talk to founder after founder after founder. And it's like, do you think this morning I had a call with the CDO of LVMH, uh, Louis Vuitton? That is Sick. massive, right? Like mm-hmm. getting to talk to these people, do you think LVMH is going to miss? No. 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 They will not. No, absolutely So not. why are they putting money into this? Why do they have NFT collections? Why are they partnering with the most trusted and innovative builders in the space? Why? It's because you're going to care about it in three to five years. Get with they the see now. They long term. They all yeah. it is. It, get, now is happening whether you like it or not. So you could be a sore loser and just sit on the outskirts and then it be too late, right? Well, and that's what people- Buy do. your house at 1.4 mil when it was 300. Yeah. <laughs> or like you adjust, either way, you you're going to cry, you know? And that's what it is. And going along with like infrastructure, right? Like <clears throat> I agree and disagree with what you said about infrastructure being at 80%. Like I think infrastructure is massively important. The rails to which society run on, the the builders and innovators are the ones that dictate culture, right? Yes. And when I'm talking to these people, they're like, this is every conversation I have is three to five years in the future. We're building this for people on this platform and this platform doesn't exist yet and nor do the users because the users just aren't here yet. But like when the users come, they're going to care about this and they're going to care about that. And I'm like, but I love that. None of this exists. And they're like, no, none of it exists. And I'm like, so there is no infrastructure. And they're like, no, well, we're building the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but it's not here. And they're like, no. And I'm like, why do you think they're going to care about that? And they're like, well, proof of authenticity. Proof of authenticity is massively fascinating to me. Because right now we have counterfeit industries that 
counterfeit is massive, right? Yeah. But now they're like talking about putting NFC chips in in shirts. And then that's your way of like proving that you are oh, like shit. the authentic owner of something. What? So there's this <laughs> whole thing called digital. Yeah. Physical digital, right? There's going to be a physical shirt with a digital twin on the blockchain. <laughs> and when it comes to luxury brands, that's now important because how many people own a Louis Vuitton, right? Yep. How many people can prove that they own a Louis Vuitton? Mm. Well, they're like, well, my, my serial number on the purse. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Now you put an NFC chip, you tap it with your phone and it takes you to the blockchain, ether scan, whatever. Yeah. And you could see exactly who purchased what and where it was in the factory. I'm like, that is infrastructure. That is, is built. That's beautiful. Right? And it, yeah. it's coming. Cultural infrastructure is nowhere close. And so I think we're at like 10% of cultural infrastructure. Mm -hmm. The technology will continue to innovate. That's what technology does. We are only going to get better. Yeah. We're only going to get deeper into the process. But cultural shift will take time. And that's kind of what our my job is, right? Like I'm sitting here talking to Kevin and stuff and it's like, where is the catalyst? Like what is going to be the drop in the bucket that's like, ah, mm. the aha moment, right? Mm -hmm. Is there one aha moment or is there multiple? Like, does it take somebody we're talking, I'm, I'm writing about fashion NFTs right now. So it's like, that's kind of why I'm going along with this, but there's like AR digital fashion, right? So like you see it through a camera lens, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what if Beyonce comes walking up in a digital, a an NFT that she owns is like a badass one of one digital dress. She goes, accepts her Grammy and she's wearing this digital dress, right? She's obviously wearing a physical dress, but the, the AR focused camera can see that she owns this NFT and she chooses to put this NFT on. Yeah. And she's walking up in this badass physical or digital dress. Right. Yeah. And people are like, what the fuck is that? And then they go on the blockchain and they're like, damn, she bought that for $580,000. It's a flex factor. Yeah. And this is going to happen, right? It might not happen in the next three to five years. Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 years, it's going to happen. And it's like, digital is here. There is no, there is no adjusting. Like, <clears throat> we can't go backwards. It's only going to get yeah. more and more intense. So, And the important thing is it's not just a flex factor. You can see how this is going to bleed into, let's say, real estate, for example, or owning a car. Like a lot of the shit that we deal with right now and all the red tape is just so yeah. archaic. Like, like for we a while, can make this better. I was into Earth 2.0 for a while where I was just like, all right, let's check out this whatever, you know, see who bought what, what's going on? Why should we buy? Is this new version of real estate? Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've been playing Civilization 6 and 5 and like 3 and 4 all my life. And now you're telling me I could buy a piece of land? <laughs> That's insane. You know what I mean? And uh, for me to like humble down and think about it, I could immediately go, what a stupid idea, bro. Eventually we're going to die anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Virtual land. Yeah. Am I going to virtually live there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, what about my house here? <laughs> I can't yeah. just invest there. So you're like, okay, I have to be this like superhuman, right? To invest here and there. So I have to have like in multiple sources of income, I have to be like this Mr. Company guy that does mm -hmm. so and so, so I can afford to do all this crap and to inform people about it and all this. The easiest way out is to just say, this is all bullshit. We're going to die anyway. Right. That's, that's you don't want to think point. about that because it's overwhelming and it's new information. You're dealing with a new language you haven't even, you don't even know where to begin with. Right. right? 
So I do understand that factor. But once you dive into it, you go to realize that this is a giant shift. Mm. It's a shift, whether you like it or not. So you're going to stay behind or you're coming along. Mm. And that's why we kind of just promote like people need to be paying attention to this. Right. And look at the companies that are behind it, bro. Yeah. I would never have been into crypto if, if like companies like Visa and MasterCard weren't a part of it. You know what I mean? There's a reason why they're in it. Yeah, yeah, there's always a reason. And it's just, it's a different perspective of thinking when you think about this stuff. And I don't know, man. NFTs, they are, they are going to be somewhat of the future. A lot of it's going to be, I think, in my opinion, is just going to be washed out, right? And all the, there's going to be a lot of good stuff that's going to be um, kind of like the leading of what to expect with NFTs, how NFTs, the NFT standard, right? Those are the things that are gonna, they're gonna, are gonna stay. So I think of like, I don't know, companies like Coca-Cola, McDonald's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. LV, you know, people that actually hold a huge influence on this world, not just America. Mm -hmm. um, this also does remind me of like the copy paste system where um, there's other countries where they, they kind of live maybe I don't know, three to 15 years in the past, mm. almost. And every time I visit these countries, they go, oh, one of my friends is like doing this Bitcoin something. And I'm like, dude, you're Bitcoin. talking, I swear to God, you're talking to me like it's 2016. Yeah. You know what I mean? 2017. I'm like, uh, do you want to be informed? I mean, I, and he's like, oh, you <laughs> where know, do I, even and start? It's like, I mean, where do you live? You know what I mean? Like, how do yeah. you not know this by now? And you get to see like, besides NFT and stuff, people are just now getting into like skinny jeans. And you're like, dude, you're that behind <laughs> no, you're so in behind. fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you start, you start really thinking like this superhuman. You're like, bro, I can literally copy AAA, like the company right. AAA and just bring it here. Yeah. Right, because they don't have it. Yeah. So once you start thinking like that, you're like, okay, now I think I have the power to start thinking about the world of NFTs. Because it, it requires that much thinking. Like, you're like, this earth is tiny. Mm. But that's how you have to think about it. These ideas are pocket size. And everything I'm doing is going to affect something major. Once you start thinking like that, then you, I think you have the means to start thinking about, like, crypto and this digital world. Because it's a different world, dude. Then you get into Earth 2.0 and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> what do these teams think? Like, it is a rabbit hole. And it's just, you, there's so much information. You're like, where was this information to begin with? Is it, has it just been released now? There's no way because for anyone to even speak about this, you would have, you would need to have like three to four years of learning. Mm -hmm. But I'm just getting introduced to this now. So you're like a little confused. You're like, how am I supposed to handle all this information? I need a couple of years to fully understand I like, this. I just wrote a deep dive on music NFTs and like at the core of all of these new ideas and stuff is like digital ownership. Um, but I also think that like, when you hit play on Spotify on your phone, <laughs> do you know what happens? I would assume this. Technically, yeah, you have no fucking idea, no. right? When you, when you type in www.google.com, <laughs> do you know what the fuck happens? No, you don't. I kind of have like, like a, you, a feeling of what happens. happens. Yeah, I'm <laughs> no, like, no, all right, cool. trust me. Like, HTTPS, but, I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay. Like it sends some protocol. I would have to assume that it's some signal and then it gets measured out with something. And then might as well be hieroglyphs. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I exactly. Just, but what I'm saying is like, you don't understand the technical, the, the technicalities behind hitting play on your phone. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know. 
because it just works. Yeah. And so like I, in the future, I don't think NFTs are even called NFTs. Like there's a, a platform called Royal and they're basically taking off chain royalties and putting them on chain for like, you can own fractional fractionalizing songs or fractionalizing albums. And you can own a fractionalized share of this song. And however many streams it gets on Spotify, you get paid out royalties. Mm -hmm. Is it legal? I, I don't know. They're backed with like $110 million through their series A and their seed. So it's like these, they yeah. have a shit ton of money. So like they are going to be battling a bunch of legal fees and stuff like that are legal battles. But at the end of the day, you don't know what this is. You know, you don't need to know what it is, right? You just need to know that it works. Yeah. And so there's been such a backlash on like the NFTs. It's like, yo, that's, it's fine. So what Royal did to kind of combat this was like, they called them LDAs, liquid digital assets, right? Mm -hmm. So then people are like, oh, dude, Royal, that's super cool. I, I have a fractionalized share of this song, which again, most people don't invest this is also a problem right mm -hmm. like the, they don't want they just are completely fine like going to work for the man and that's that yeah but for the kids that are out there like 17 18 years old that are like super interested in this stuff it's like bro go get educated and you don't need to go to school for this like i learned all of my shit on twitter you get involved with a good a good discord you get involved with a good telegram and then all of a sudden you're learning you ask the right questions you're curious you can make money and it's not about money. It's about being ahead of the curve. Yeah. Know? Like it's about being aware of what is happening. And then say there's a Google or a Tesla or Facebook or something like that, that comes out of web three, having two, three, four, five thousand $5,000 on the side that you can throw in and bet on these companies, bro, that's not a bad bet. I could change your what? life. If you miss, you miss. I've missed. I've missed a lot. I've also hit a lot. And now I have this job and it's like through the interview process was ridiculous, bro. It was like four months. Holy crap. It was like 17 rounds of talking to different people. And I'm like sitting here talking to like partners at funds and I'm like getting asked questions and it just like, there would be like crypto native <laughs> interviews and then there'd be like personal interviews, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, okay, do I like you as a person? Cool. And it's like, bro, my boss is Kevin Rose. like. That's, that's huge. Dude. And like my first zoom call ever, first zoom call ever was my first interview with Kevin Rose. <laughs> so he told me, I will never forget this. Bro. Like, he texted uh, me, I'm going through this entire process and I'm just like so overwhelmed. And it's just like, bro, it's a big deal. It's like, how many NFT analysts are there in the world? Not very many. Mm -mm. So like, they're being very cautious. Like I was like the fifth or eighth hire at the company. And now we're at like 25 people. And it's like, Bro, I was in early. And so I'm like going through this process. I'm like very high pressure. I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking this up. I'm working as a barista at a freaking coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Like, and how Kevin Rose is texting me. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, this is crazy. I'm Let like, me hide my phone. And yeah, they're like, <laughs> uh, can I get that cappuccino extra hot? And I'm like, dude, fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to focus on the next wave. Of, yeah, I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm changing the world. Um, so like, I, I remember Kevin texts me and he's like, hey, um, are you available for that call? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I'm available for the call. I'm walking from Midtown Manhattan to Lower East Side. It's like an hour, hour walk. I was like trying to like ground myself amidst the chaos that is Manhattan. And I'm like, dude, I'm just going to walk. I'm going to breathe. It's like 48 degrees outside. It's sunny. I'm like, this is nice. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to take this call. 
I think he's going to call me. And then all of a sudden he sends a Zoom link. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, I have to show my face? <laughs> I was like freaking out, yeah. right? I don't have Wi-Fi in my apartment. I'm like, I don't even have a computer on me. I'm like 13 blocks from home. I'm like, dude, I have to hop on this call. I tell him that my Wi-Fi went out. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been having problems with my Wi-Fi all day. Give me five minutes. I literally sprint to Tompkins Park and there's homeless people all over. I'm like, dude, that's all I need. It's like some homeless dude in the background like doing some shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Kevin, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know. So I, I'm like, dude, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, dude, I have like two minutes. There's a garden behind somebody's house. And I literally hop a fence. There's an old lady back there. I was like, yo, I need to take a call. Can I please take a call? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I hop this fence. I'm sitting in a garden. I'm like, hey, Kevin, how you doing? <laughs> and I was like, if only you knew the shit. I, I was just like the whole time. I'm like, dude, just don't even like ask me any questions. I'm so nervous right now. And I was just like, this is not real life. Yeah. What just happened? Yeah. And so like, even just the interview process, right? Like, I think that there's, that is all skill, right? Like, yes, I, I was not prepared. It's like, people would be like, dude, you weren't prepared for the interview. Go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> seriously. I was working at a restaurant and I'm working for proof. Like, yeah. Like, there, no matter how prepared you are in life, there will be curveballs. Mm -hmm. Your Wi Fi could go out, right? Like, that could have been a real story. No, 100%. People don't adapt. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like, just, yeah. It, bro. There's something about like, I was just thinking about this last night actually, but something about um, the raw things, right? So think of this as an example. Remember last episode where the camera went out? We were yeah. like, oh, technical difficulties. And I was like, I don't even have to announce it, bro. I could just do whatever I want. You We've been I mean? doing audio and for like, like 50 episodes before. You know what? Give us a fuck. <laughs> that know? little moment was the most natural piece we've ever, ever done. Just mm. because I was walking around the room and it was like, it's not your typical podcast where everything is welcome back to this show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Literally. Like NPR. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just it, at the end of the day, I want people to know that we are just as human as everybody else, mm -hmm. no matter my situation. So like, for example, Kevin Rose was like, when, when you were on that call, you were probably tripping. You were like, dude, I'm not even, what the hell? Is this even a proper background? You know what I mean? Dude, like the all background this stuff. was horrible, let me right? tell you. I remember, I was yeah. like, Jesus fucking Christ. But it's, at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm pretty sure what he cared about was just like, who are you? Your raw like yeah, talent, your personality, yeah. you know, you still handled it well, no matter where you were. Right. There was an old grandma that was watering the plants and I was just like, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> I was like, I'm on a call with Kevin Rose, everybody. <laughs> Do you know Kevin Rose? <laughs> well, that, that, that's yeah. the thing. There's beauty in the chaos. And this, yeah. this is why I'm a firm believer of having faith and just putting your head down and doing yeah. the work. Because, 100%. you know, in 2017 to go from just learning, like saying fuck Bitcoin all the way to ending up in that scenario, that is a testament to the ability to just see that there's potential in the future. You're, mm -hmm. You'll never know where you're gonna be in life, yeah. right? There's a lot of youngsters that listen to our podcast mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, they're always, conf I wanna say confused, but they always have questions like where I need to be. Mm. And I can 100%, you can also vouch for this. Whatever you pictured doesn't necessarily happen 100% of the way, sometimes not even 70%, but you do eventually get better if you have the correct mindset, mm. right? At something, you'll get somewhere. It's just, it won't be exactly to your plans ever. No, that's the beauty of it too. 100%, dude. Dude, there's one of my favorite like skill sets, right? And like, I, I think this is like a, a pivotal 
change that I kind of went through towards the end of college where it was like, all right, I kind of need to, I kind of need to get to like the bottom of like, what is the essence of what I'm doing right now? Right. And like how a framework for all of this, like if you're going to approach life, you have to be organized in Mm -hmm. some sense. I'm, I'm a very chaotic person when it comes to foundation and routines and stuff, but I also have a very like strong routine and I always do like the same things. I'll eat the same foods. Like it doesn't bother me. I go to the same coffee shops. Like I'm routine oriented, but I can adapt very quickly. So like going along with that point, I break up my life in five ways. And I think we talked about this on the first podcast, 17, right? Mm -hmm. Was like, I have vocational, which is like my passion, right? Like what is my passion? Relationships, financial, spiritual, physical. Yeah. And physical. Right. So it's like, I have like my vocational purpose. I have my relational purpose. I have my spiritual purpose. And if you can kind of organize your thoughts like that, if I could go back to myself at 17 and be like, yo, figure this out, focus on these five, write them down and say like, yo, this is this, these are the areas I want to improve. Life is binary. It's one and zero. Are you happy? One and zero. If you are not happy, make the change. If you are happy, then how do you improve that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you make that more efficient? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's one and zero. So when people are like, oh, dude, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. And like, I don't, I'm gaining weight and I'm drinking too much. And I'm like, bro, I don't fucking care. It's one and zero. Like, if you don't like it, change it. Mm -hmm. Now, if something traumatic happens, like you get diagnosed with cancer, your parents die or Yes, there, there, there is exponential or like there are problems that can arise that are going to throw you to the side, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you need to focus on these areas and they're going to be the foundation for what you're going to become five or seven years from now. 100%. And every single like vision board I've ever had, I was like massive into the vision board game back in like 2016. <laughs> I loved it. Hell yeah. Everything that was on my vision board in 2016 when I was in college, I've accomplished. Everything that I wrote on my vision board in 2018, I've accomplished. Hell yeah. And I haven't done one since 2018. It is fascinating because none of it happened the way that I thought it was going to happen. Zero. Right? My first job out of college, I was a fucking door-to-door salesman. Door-to-door sales. Hmm. You know what I learned in door-to-door sales? Hmm. How to appeal to people. That's 100%. it. You're selling yourself. Too. How, dude, how, how, to, how, how to go knocking on doors in fucking Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, I'm, gonna, I'm here to save the animals. They're like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, and I had to get social security number and credit card. <sighs> That's, how do you yeah, do that? Yeah. I you was gotta, 20, 21 years old. You got to get in there, dude. So I, dude, honestly, number one skill I took away from that was they gave me an acronym to how to start question or how to start conversations with people. And it's called Fords, F-O-R-D-E-S. I'm obsessed because I still use it, right? This is six, seven years later, and I still use it in conversations. Hmm. So this ties into my interview with Kevin Rose. Okay. I love this. This is awesome. F-O-R-D-E-S, Fords. I actually have it on my phone because I was prepared for this. So I, I wanted to make sure I didn't skip out on any of these. Bust it out. I'm going to replay the shit once it's on. Cool. So, (laughs) Fords, as you're getting into a conversation, 
you need to appeal to people. People like talking about themselves, right? Take the pressure off of yourself to perform in the conversation. If you can show that you are a real person and not having ulterior motives or anything like that, people are more willing to talk to you. So imagine I'm knocking on doors at 20, 21 years old in Texas where I don't know anybody or anything, right? I'm from Southern California. I went to school there, but like I, I didn't have family or anything. Mm -hmm. I would knock on these people's door and I was working for Nature Conservancy and Humane Society. So caring about trees and animals, bro. Like this is not at the top of, of yeah. Texas, right? Yeah. Fords, <laughs> F, family and future. O, occupation and origin. R, recreation and religion. D, dreams. E, events and environment. S, sports and school. Okay. Ooh. So going through that, like if I can appeal to your family, oh, like where's your sister from or whatever? Oh, do you have siblings or something? You see somebody running in the back of the house like, oh, is that your kid? I'm like, oh, no, that's not my kid. I'm 24. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That gets you deeper into the conversation, right? Yeah. You have, oh, occupation. Are they wearing a nurse's outfit or something like that? Like they're, they're in their scrubs or trash man. They have like their waste management thing on. Like it allows you to touch on something that is not the conversation at hand, right? Mm -hmm. Religion, recreation. What do you do for fun? Is there a soccer ball laying around? Is there like kids toys? Is there a basketball hoop out front? right? Dreams. It, as you're getting into this conversation, maybe there's a surfboard in the back of the, like the, the video call that you're in. You know what I'm saying? And then you talk mm -hmm. about it and they're like, dude, my biggest dream is to do X, Y, Z. I want to go to El Salvador. I want to go to Colombia. And I'm like, oh, bro, I lived in Colombia, right? It gets you a, an avenue to take the conversation. Yeah. Right. It's almost an atta emotional attachment in some sort where it just both humans recognize it without recognizing it. Yeah. Connection. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, I've done so much shit at this point. Like, you give me a state and I have a, an attachment to it, mm -hmm. right? You're like, Texas, boom, I went to school there. Pennsylvania, oh, my mom's from there. The bike trip gave me so much of that, right? We rode yeah. to freaking 20 states. Yeah. So it's like these bumfuck nowhere little towns. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. If, I know this. Yeah, Atoka, Oklahoma. Blake's going to be like, Atoka, Oklahoma. <laughs> um, but like... <laughs> Yo, it's ammunition yeah. for you. Yeah, it is. It is massive. Yeah. And it, it allows you to create connections with these people that you wouldn't otherwise have. Right. And it just gives you it takes the pressure off. OK, so I'm getting on this call with Kevin Rose. I'm freaking the fuck out. I'm a barista. I have no business being in this conversation. Right. Like, yes, I worked my ass off. Yes, I know my shit. No, I did not go to Harvard. No, I do not have my MBA. No, I should not be in this conversation. Right? Mm -hmm. the, I had applied to 50, five zero, 50 crypto jobs. I got three first round interviews. I never made it through a first round interview. Ever. <laughs> They're like, oh, where did you go to school? What did you study? And I'm like, yeah, I went to Tarleton State University and I studied communications. So like, haha, yeah, okay. Um, explain DeFi. And I'm like, dude, oh my, I know this shit. And they're just like, yeah, I think we're going to find somebody else. Yeah. Proof had posted that they're looking for an analyst. Mm -hmm. I applied. They're like, write a report. And there's like 200 people that applied for this, right? Oh, yeah. Write a report. Wrote the report. Made it through the first cut. Write a second report. Second report. They gave you three weeks to crank these out, right? And they're they're heavy. Like it takes like 110 hours to pump out these reports, right? Yeah, long time. So it's like it, you're you're trimming the fat, right? Like it, the cream is going to rise to the top. The only reason I made it to the final stages of the interview process was because they ran a like an ethical, work based interview process. It wasn't they they weren't like oh fuck that guy Tarleton State where the hell is that, right? 
I was the only one to get hired out of that entire group. One person out of the entire group. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's it's insane. Like for you, you're like, you're like speechless. You were like, oh yeah, but but I can tell you based off of his character and what I know about this guy, like a hundred percent. Dude, you're no, nobody else in that pool would fucking compete. Uh, Yeah. Everybody then going to this interview, right? I'll wrap this up real quick. Kevin Rose, I get on the phone. To be completely honest with y'all, I knew very little about Kevin Rose. I was like, Godfather Reddit, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. Yeah. Right? Like it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea. I get on the phone with him. The first thing I notice is that he has a Proud Mary hat on. Proud Mary is a coffee company. I've been working in coffee for seven years. Proud Mary is my favorite shop in the entire universe. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, get out of here. I was dude. like, cool. If that ain't a sign. Proud anyway, Mary, yeah. check. I'm going to hit it. Right. Mm-hmm. We're talking, talking, talking. We don't talk about crypto at all. Maybe, maybe like a little bit. Oh, like, how did you get involved in the space? Stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, I, I see that you have the Proud Mary hat on. He's like, Proud Mary. Oh yeah. No, dude, this is actually my favorite coffee shop. I'm like, yeah, I actually worked in wholesale. We're talking about coffee, different varieties, stuff like that. And he's like, dude, you know so much about this. <laughs> Nothing about crypto, mm-hmm. right? We're just riffing. Guy to guy, it's Blake cool. versus. <laughs> then he's like, dude, so you said you're in New York, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the Lower East Side. He's like, dude, I used to live off of Elizabeth Street. Yeah. And I was like, I lived off of Elizabeth Street. <laughs> I was like, dude, I lived off of Elizabeth and Grand. He's Stop. like, dude, I lived off of yeah. Elizabeth and Spring. And I was like, Prince Street Pizza. He's like, fucking Prince Street Pizza. <laughs> okay, remember this, because this is going to tie in. Prince Street Pizza. I was like, Prince Street Pizza. Mental note, check, done, right? Mm-hmm. Next conversation I have, everything's good. Again, nothing about crypto. We're talking about like his shirt, this, that. I'm, I'm distracting as much as I can, because I'm like, I'm not confident. I know my shit, yeah. but I'm like, I'm not confident. Like, I know I'm competing against Harvard MBAs. Everybody wants to be in the space that is in tech at all. I have never made more than $50,000 in a single year in my entire life, ever. I worked in restaurants and I played fucking soccer. Yeah. Like, You're- I would work two jobs, hustle my balls off for six months, work in restaurants, dip. So- I'd come back, I'd work two jobs, I'd live in a car, I'd sell everything that I had, and I'd dip. And I'd come back. And I, that was my life. Yeah. You're like living on rent. You're like, I am, I am, I am the asset. Everything else is, is just used for the time being. Zero attachment to fucking anything. So for like in your mind, were you putting, would you, were you putting everyone else like above you? You were like, oh my God, I, I almost don't belong here. Is that where the low confidence is coming from? Or is it more like. Just a barrier was, to entry. It's, well, just, I think it's it a crazy entry syndrome. too. It was imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I had applied to 50 companies, right? Backstory on why I finally took the jump, I think is important, right? Like, I think the why and everything is important. As cliche as it is, like, there is a reason it is cliche, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is important. So going through this, right, I lost all that money, the 5.2 Bitcoin, in November, that's my last Instagram post. Actually, I explained the whole process. Like I had been flipping everything, right? I was like NFTs, crypto, DeFi. I was fucking, I was an animal. Yeah. I was obsessed. I was just like flip, 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 yeah. flip, 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 flip. And I started with my stimulus check. That was what I started <laughs> with. 
Right? That's what's up. I was yeah. like, stimulus check, fuck it. I was on the bike trip. I was like, I don't need it. Yeah. Flip, 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 flip. I, 1200 bucks became like 60 grand. Okay. And I was like, all right, I'm on, I'm on my way. I'm doing it. The writing was on the wall that everything was going to tank. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got one last flip. I feel it. I trust myself. I know that I'm going to hit it. GM, GM token, cash tag GM, if anybody's interested in looking at this. I saw it and I was probably the 150th person to see it. Like that would have bought it, right? I see it. I know the memes. I know the value. I know how like they call them Ponzi-nomics. Like I know how it works. I see it and I'm like, bro, that's going to fucking run. <laughs> I don't buy it. It runs 330X. <sighs> I wanted to kill myself. I was like, you fucking idiot. You blew it. So I call my best buddy, Max. I'm like, Max, if this ever fucking happens again, I'm going balls deep and I don't care. I was like, I'll lose it all. I don't care. He's like, dude, you trust yourself. He's like, be patient. And when it happens, it happens. WGMI is like a, the war cry of crypto, right? We're going to mm -hmm. make it. I see this token. I was on chain analytics, right? Like I'm on ether scan. I'm like back checking everything, back checking contracts. And you don't need to do this in order to make it work. Right. But like I was obsessed with it. I wanted to make money. So I'm like doing this. I'm in the telegrams and I see WGMI created. It rips. It goes up like 20 X or something. Perfect. And then the, the founder rugs it. Hmm. Okay. He took all the liquidity out. Hmm. It crashes. Then the community comes in and is like, I saw Cole Ethereum, who's like the founder of Pudgy Penguins. He posted about it in like a telegram. Okay. And only nine people had bought it since then. And I was like, if Cole Ethereum's in, that's just, that's credibility. That's being able to read the room. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, fuck yeah, I'm going to go in. So I threw like 4,000 bucks in. It's catching flight a little bit. And I'm like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm going to double down. I'm going to throw 20 grand in. And I was like... <laughs> 24, 25 grand is, is my, my bag, right? Long story short, Elon Musk's brother tweets about WGMI. Hello. And my $24,000 bag becomes like half a million between Max and I. Half a million dollars. I was on a flight to London when it happened. <gasps> so I'm in London. I don't have my computer. I don't have anything. And I'm like, dude, fuck it. I could figure it out. Like I could do it with my phone and stuff, but I'm like, if he tweets about it again, we're sitting on 1.5 to 2.5. I'm like, sit, sit and wait. If and when he posts about it, it's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the tweet never came. It never came. 500 grand to six, six grand. And I bet on myself with so much conviction. And I was right, right? Like 24 grand going to 500 grand. Like that's, that's, a, that's, that's a hell of a trade. Absolutely. Hell yeah. But- I was convinced that he was going to say one more thing about it. And he just did it. And it was a bet that I took and I lost 500K. And people were like, oh, unrealized versus realized. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, when you have $500,000 sitting in, the, in a freaking MetaMask account, like you can then talk. Like, yeah. yeah, no, 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 you know no straight up. No, because you, we all know anyone that's been in that position, you know how difficult it is to back down and take it out. Especially when it's your trade and you yeah. see it, right? And the like, way you live is you want, to win. Yeah. Right. You don't see that as winning yet. No, I, I'm 100%. going for the jugular. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I feel you, bro. I, I feel I take you. It. Yeah. I, I, I went through the same thing last year. I was just like, 
shoulda, shoulda, shoulda. And I'm like, mm. it is what it is. It is what it is. And now I'm like, you know what? I've learned more than anything because I know what to do next. That's it. You lose 500 grand as somebody that hasn't made over 50 grand in a year. And people watching this are going to be like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, no, no. I learned. Now when I'm in that position, would I do it again? Honestly, I probably fucking would. 100%. Because if I do hit it, you're going to be working for me. Mm -hmm. And if I miss, guess what? I go right back at that. Right back at it again. Yeah. And I hit it again. And it was a very like, I went through like the depression, like all of that kind of stuff. And like, I was in New York. It was cold. I fucking hate the cold. <laughs> um, it was tough, right? And then we're going in. This is November, right around my birthday. November, December, January comes. Working at the at the coffee shop, right? And it's like, working at a coffee shop after you lost $500,000 is the most traumatic, like, People are like, I want my cappuccino. I want it now. I'm like, dude, fuck you. It's demoralizing. No, dude. completely demoralizing. Yeah, because you know, you know your history. Nobody else does. And so I'm working like, in Midtown Manhattan around a bunch of finance bros. And they're like, yeah, crypto. Huh? How are you feeling, Mr. Crypto guy? And I'm like, dude, I want to fucking punch you. Um, <sighs> and it was like, it, yeah. was, it was really difficult, right? So January comes. My brother and I are very, very close. Um, and he was there for me through all of that. Like, it was, it was very difficult. And like, I also... I definitely need to shout out my girlfriend. Cause like, bro, that was like a brutal time. And I was like 10 out of 10, not myself. Mm -hmm. Um, my brother's best friend committed suicide in January. Mm. And it was by far one of the hardest I've been around suicide before. This was one of those that you just don't see coming 10 out of 10 would have never expected it. And brief backstory on it, like his apartment burned down, had to move back home, got in a bike accident. He was a bike messenger, broke his arm, couldn't work, had no money, needed medication and had no health insurance. So what are you going to do? Right. Like it was circumstantial. And like people will say like, yo, nothing circumstantial, whatever. I don't, I don't fucking care. Like if he would have had money, it would have been a different situation. Right. And that was one of the darkest times that like I can ever, I, I think one of the darkest times in my life, like you lose all this money. You feel like you're on top of the world. You're like, I'm the fucking man. Yeah. And like, then your brother's best friend jumps off a bridge and you're like, what's the cycle of mm -hmm. like down, down, down. Yeah. You're used to down and up. Yeah. But now it's just down. down. No. And it, it was, it wasn't me. It wasn't, there was nothing that <laughs> I could have fixed. It's the universe. It's yeah. the things around you. It's, it's how everything is, is, is being downgraded. Dude, it was just a, a just a tumble. I mean, I, I'm sorry that anyone has to, but yeah. go through that. I think that it was the catalyst. We were talking about catalysts earlier, right? Like it was the catalyst to really kind of double down and like, I'm smart. I can talk. I can make relationships. Why the fuck don't I have a better job? So, my girlfriend and I went down to Mexico City. Um, my brother came down for a week, and. I was just thinking, like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. You know, I was like, dude, what can I do in the space? I'm like, I'm not a quantitative guy. I'm not good with numbers. Like I'm good with numbers, but I'm not going to sit here and create like a data program or something like that's not what I do. I'm like, I've made a shit ton of money and lost a shit ton of money off of no money. Right. So I've never been negative. 
Like my first time I started with 500 bucks. My second time I started with 1200 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, both times I, one time I hit well over six figs and you know what I'm saying? Like, I know what, I know how to identify. You know, the reach and outcome yeah. and everything. Yeah. So I just started writing these reports. I started applying 50, 50 companies, right? I didn't get into anything. But the reason I wanted to hit it so hard was because I was like, dude, if anything happens like that again, like with Omar, right? If anything happens like that again, and I have a friend that is circumstantially in trouble and they need help, $3,000 would have changed everything. Yeah, 100%. is not money. That is nothing. But for somebody that's working paycheck to paycheck, bro, my brother gave him like 150 bucks, right? And that's that's what we could afford. Yeah, that's a large sum it's according to what you're to what doing. You're making. Yeah. And I was like, no, fuck this shit. Never again. Never again. I was like, I'm going to be rich so that I can help. And people might like think that I'm being like bullshit there. It's not bullshit. Like you see somebody that is circumstantially in trouble and desperately needs your help. Yeah. And you can't provide as a man, as a person. Yeah. Bro, that it hurts. pisses me off. Honestly, dude, like um, I, I have been through um, like similar situations, like with the ups and downs of, uh, I would say my finances, for example. Um, there's been times where people like re seriously needed help. You know what I mean? And I would just be, uh, I don't know if you understand this, but I'm going to go off topic real quick. It's kind of like, I've never had an emotional attachment to money, mm -hmm. right? I, ca I came from poverty. So it's kind of like, and I run with that proudly because it's just more like, it puts me in a different way when I want to learn something or um, take something else. When I want to learn more about a person, it's not coming from my brain. It's coming from my heart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I always check my intention before I do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even when it comes to ordering a burger, dude, I genuinely want to just want to check up on you. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I've been there. I've, I've worked drive-thrus. I've done all this stuff. And there comes something where eventually in my timeline, I started making like um, <clears throat> three figures as well. And I was working a shit ton. I was working like 70 hours a week, uh, driving to the valleys of LA and like Coachella Valley and all this stuff. And it was a lost time where I didn't know who I, who I really was, but I was a great talker and I was mm -hmm. a great, um, I was great at being everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. So along with that, I started realizing that most and majority of the people that I was hanging out with were cheap. They were very Jewish in mentality, you could say. Um, my girlfriend's Jewish. She's going to be listening to this. I mean, well, like, as, oh, yeah, yeah, as they say. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, well, as they say. You know what I mean? Whatever you want to call it. It's, um, and it's not, it's not about saving money. There's pe people have too much emotional attachment to money to where they can't let it go. They only can let it in, right? And you get to see how they sacrifice, um, like, the quality of life because of that. And that's just... What are, you, what are you doing? Let alone help someone, mm. okay? Um, for me, I think the proudest moments was to deny donating things to like Panda Express and like, like the rest of my change and stuff, but rather take 20, 100 bucks. At the end of the week, every Friday I would do this. I'd just go to like my favorite donation center. Just like be like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I wanna put some good into the world rather than take all this crap. Yeah. Because in the, in the long run, I feel like it's gonna benefit me. And it, and it has. And I'll tell you where it's made my heart richer. Mm. If that makes sense. 
Yeah. Um, along with that, you always have money in your pocket. It's all about having money in your pocket. It's not about how much money you have in your pocket. It's about having money in your pocket. You never want to go negative. Um, it has helped me a lot in helping others um, because I, you get to build a relationship with money to see that it comes and goes, mostly goes. Just keep it coming. Don't hold on to it. You're supposed to take it and, and make it leave. It's a flow. It's a cycle, right? It's, and to hear stories like that, where it's just like $3,000 could have done it all. Right? Mm. What is $3,000 to you? I would, in my mind, that's, that's really low. That's low numbers, dude. If I, because like if my grandmother passed away, we're going to be spending like at least 13 K on a funeral. Yeah. Right. And you tell me three K would have saved her life. Mm. <laughs> like, does that make any sense to you? Mm -hmm. You don't think about things until things happen. Yeah. And that's the problem with having emotional attachment to money. Well, and like, I'm getting emotional just talking about it, but it's just like, it pisses me off to the point where it's just like, we get all these people that are like millionaires and billionaires. Right. And they're like, dude, a fraction can help so much. Mm. It's retarded how yeah. much you could do. And you're sitting on 37.8 billion. Mm. So it's like, uh, we need to rethink our relationship with money. Money is not everything, but it surely can help provide you everything. Mm. For you, like, what's the, what is your perspective on making the jump from scarcity mindset to abundance mindset with that shit, with money specifically? Because you can think about like little tactics, like, oh, you know, uh, be free, free giving with your, with a few dollars to like homeless people or anything like that. But like when it comes down to the core of it, what do you think allows you to make that jump? Bro, just experience. Like go be around real poverty and go see how lucky we are to be here. Like I, I have a lot of friends from all over the world and like to get to hear their stories and stuff of just like, I have a ton of Venezuelan friends, right? And they're our age. In yeah. their lifetime, the shit that they have seen in Venezuela, crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, obviously, at the end of the day, you have to, you have to be open to thinking about this differently. And like, I love my dad, but my dad is very stingy with his money. Whereas my mom, who never really had anything, would give the shirt off her back to a homeless person. And so, like, I think growing up with that and, like, my dad has come a long way with this. But, like, to see in an experience where $3,000 could have changed Omar's life and helped him get medication or whatever the case. And that's that. it's not about the $3,000. It's about the fact that infrastructure does not exist for poor people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People are like, well, yeah, you could get state funded, this and that. No, fuck you, dude. It's not. Like, you have to provide this paperwork and that paperwork and this and that and this and that. It's a never ending cycle of bullshit. Mm -hmm. But besides the point, like seeing my dad who had money and didn't want to give it up and seeing my mom who didn't have money and was willing to part with it. My mom is like, she's doing better now, obviously, but like it was interesting to be in a, in a cycle of that where it's like, dude, it's not money. It's not, the thing is not money. It's just your heart being open to it. Like, are you willing to, part with these things that you think are important that aren't actually important. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. It's, 
It's tough. It's tough. And, and it's tough to say because we're all just so unique. Like we're all different, you know, and we can't tell anyone what to do, but it's more like, um, check your intentions every once in a while because it's like, what are you truly living for? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. well, do you, like, do other people cross your mind, for example, or is you, or are you that selfish money, nowadays? Like, you know what I mean? I said like, I'm going to be rich. It's like, that sounds like such a dickhead thing to say, but it's like, I want to have money so that my friends don't have to go through that. Because you've but seen it and you know, you know what it's like. And you know, if some, if someone is weak enough, they will fall for it and they will kill themselves. Yeah. No. And it's, it's, it, and you're like, what? Just because I'm strong, I cannot guarantee that his mind is as strong. Well, not even dude, if you get so, to a desperate enough place, like a lot of people would, you yeah. don't know, a lot of people would take yeah. that route. It's dude. Yeah, it's fucked up. I don't know. We could change the topic. Yeah. That's, what, about, that's, uh, <laughs> what about um I, I've gotta hear some fucking like crazy stories, like some hilarious shit from you. So yeah, the is there anything that stuff. pops up in your mind? Uh, let's see. <laughs> because the, the bro, the day. shower one from the bike trip. Yeah. Where he's just like, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> that shit bro. killed me, bro. <laughs> no, it's just been I think this I've been looking at this year as like the year of prerequisites, right? Like this is Early in the year, I was like thinking, I'm like, dude, post soccer visa, right? And like post Costa Rica. It's a fun time, man. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Like I, I, I miss the simplicity of all of that. And I, I think that that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just like, I'm in this like zone of like trying to figure out what the fuck I want. It's I, I feel you. So dude, I went difficult. through the, I just hit 28. And I am damn RIP, <laughs> dude. I, I must well say, check out, bro. Yeah, see ya. It, nah, but it's just it's like I've I've noticed something ever since 24. Every year has been significant in a way where um, either the way I think has changed or mm. things that are happening are changing or how I just even perceive things. Fucking tell me, bro. And I'm 25. Yeah, I'm starting. I'm starting the process. I remember, now. dude. 27. What I swear to God was probably the most confusing time because you're getting. You're almost being lifted by, by people you never thought you'd be a part of. But at the same time, you're like, I'm still this same family guy with the same family. But at the same time, I'm, I also want to do great things, but I also want to be humble. Yeah. And you're so confused on to what you're looking for that you're just taking everything and you're becoming overwhelmed with this 80 hour schedule of doing everything except taking breaks. Right. And you're, your health is kind of on the line, all this stuff. I went through surgery last year, dude. Like, I was just, my gut was in the worst shape of its life just because of n neglecting it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and suddenly, I would say probably April of this year, I'm like, you know what? I'm slowly reaching this settlement mentality, but it's not really a settlement where I'm like trying to just Netflix and chill, trying to retire. No, it's like settling on ideas, settling on what I truly believe, what is my inner philosophy? Mm. Who is Saeed? And Saeed needs to be like five of these things. And it's like, kind of like, all right, well, you have a podcast. That's great. So what do you want to do with that? Mm. Like, what is the bigger picture of that? Well, I see people as being really, really stupid. They have no real role models. You know, um, they're not told how to think. They're just told how to do, right? And it's just, I want to fix that. Okay, that's, that's a great part of the 2AM podcast. Um, that's another thing, cinematography. Well, I want to bring in like 
more Middle Eastern ideas to Hollywood and just more like tell stories how the 90s used to display cinema. You know what I mean? Like really good stories, psychological thrillers, that kind of stuff. Great. That's another part of me. What's another part? My knowledge. I want to be able to share this, these things with my family. I want to build a sick ass family mm. and uh, do these things. And then like appreciate the Christmas times and appreciate like different times. I want to segment and systemize my life according to my family. So then that's going to have to be shaped by my career. So my career now has to fit my, like my true goals. Right. And it's just like, I don't know what's happening, but you're just becoming more and more organized into who you are essentially. Mm -hmm. And then you start accepting these things. So like proof, right? I would make that like a giant corner of my life. Mm -hmm. That's just boom. Now, how can I shape the outlook of my family? Like, what's my ideal family that I want? None. You know? <laughs> there you go. To, to some, it's none. You get me? But like, but the, kidding, yeah, but the fact, yeah, but the fact that I like, for example, like one of my first thoughts was like, you know, having a family would be sick. You know, it would be sick to have a family that Saeed built, you know? Where the wife listens, <laughs> and then there's you got all these you got all these kids that go, but dad, why can't you? You'd be like, shut up, son. I'll explain to you in a few years. But here's the first introductory piece of information you need to know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just kind of like you start envisioning these things, and your vision becomes closer and closer to what you are, and you slowly become that person that you're envisioning. And yeah. it's just, um. I'm a firm Organi organization. You got to organize your time. I don't think you can keep doing like, oh, if we reach 100 hours of work this week, it's fine. You know what? Next week is 70. Cool. Whatever. You got to have your wake up and sleep times. Mm. You got to have this and that. It's all, it's all organized in a sense for you to be the most effective in every single area throughout your life. I feel like it's supposed to be a confusing time in your it life. It is supposed to be a confusing Like charge, time. your 20s, I feel like are supposed to just be like, it's charge energy. it to the fucking game. Dude, it's, yeah. it's energy. It's all moving right now. And one day it won't stop moving. You'll just find, you'll slow it down. That's all it is. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't, I'm not there in terms of like, I'm, I'm there in terms of like organizing who I am as a person. Yes. And like, betting on those things i'm moving right i'm leaving new york and bro that's tough it is it's like right now is like i have a lot of friends i'm like i'm playing soccer there i'm i'm like having a good time i have a beautiful girlfriend we have a dog well she has a dog but <laughs> i love the fuck out of that dog Hell yeah. right now yeah fucking but it's a good boy <laughs> <laughs> um but i like you have to bet on who you are as a person. And I think I lost, I've lost a lot of the bike trip, like that Dalton. And I like kind of think of this as like almost like a street fighter version, right? Like where like yeah, yeah, yeah. Dalton from the bike trip, Dalton from soccer visa, Dalton from New York part one, <laughs> Dalton from New York part two, like who would kick whose ass, you know? And like one's over yeah. here, like trying to be like all psych philosophical, like, oh yeah, like this is the life that, you know? And then like soccer visa Dalton is just like, a completely different human being, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I'm leaving New York because I have a firm belief in leaving the party at the peak. And to leave the party at the peak is more than just like the physical action, right? It's acknowledging that there might, the grass might be greener on, on the other side of the peak. 
right? You're leaving early. Mm-hmm. You never know what can happen after you leave. It might get better. But you don't want to be the person that's at the party when there's only four people left and everybody's puking, right? True. That's not fun. No. Because then you stay four years too long. And then what? Bro, it takes three to eight months to really integrate yourself into a system, right? Three to eight months. Go in, learn your shit, get the fuck out. Because post eight months, what are you getting? You're getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. You're you're diving into like, oh yes, this is this is actually really. Now nice. I'm gonna I'm find my favorite my, spot. Yeah. Now I'm gonna do yeah. And you're yeah, like you're, you're pitted. It's, yeah. it's over, right? It's like leave. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think that I will be like this forever, but I do see that I have like an exponential experience rate in comparison to other people, right? Like I've lived all over the place. Mm-hmm. I've done so much shit. And thinking back on those times, like every single time I'm like, this opportunity, I'm gone. This opportunity, I'm gone. It, like I'm constantly seeking out that next, that next rush. That does not cater to a family. It does not cater to maintaining friendships like with locals and stuff. Like I'm back in Riverside and I'm got like one friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. But I left home 10 years ago. Yeah. So it's just like, I think that diving into the experience of experiencing is really, really important. And I think it's overlooked. And I feel, I struggle with the fact that I'm, I might be missing out on, on solidifying my twenties as a, as a time that I built a family or something like that. Like, but I, I really don't think I fucking care. That's how I feel. It, it just doesn't matter to me. Nope. And I like, 27 i'll be 28 in three months i don't think i'm gonna care even when i'm 35 mm-hmm. i can adopt if if i'm really feeling like i need something yeah. like there are plenty of fucking kids that don't have parents that's true like and people are like well but your dna i'm like i don't give a fuck my fucking girlfriend I'm, I'm was here. adopted like yeah bro that, that perspective in and of itself has changed so many fucking things in my that's life that's amazing dude that makes me so happy to hear that honestly yeah but this goes back to like everyone's unique like yeah. everyone has that's why you figure out your philosophy. Like, what are you? What truly matters? When, once I solved that, like, yo, a family would be dope so that I can continue the trilogy of myself. <laughs> dude. That's sick. That is proper. Yeah, that is proper. You know what I mean? That's a cool, a cool goal. All right, what do I need to do? Boom, dude. Yeah. And it's like, I appreciate that. And it's more like people need to start thinking a little bit differently where instead of rejecting ideas, you try to see it and be like, why is it like that? Oh, awesome. That makes you, you. You know what I mean? And it's the, um, the, I would call these transitionary periods, right? Or some people call them phases, Mm. but it's more like you would never rather be based. You would always like to be somewhere in benefit with someone, right? Mm. So like, I don't know, I'm going to Germany. I know someone there. I'm going to Austria. I know someone there. Yeah. You know, and it's just like you get to feel like I am not planted to America, dude. I'm I'm Mr. Worldwide. I'm Mr. International. I'm not American. I wish I could just be diplomatic. Mm. You get me? Without having <laughs> like a government job. But it's like the the uncomfort is really where the fun is mm. in life. And that's freaking amazing how you were able to do this for like the past decade. 
to just crazy that it's been a decade. Always be uncomfortable and you're enjoying every second of it. You're right. You're not the same Dalton that was on the bike and then not the same Dalton that got into soccer and then not the same Dalton that quit baseball. Not fuck, bro. That, you're was, just, that was a lifetime ago. You're I changing. Somebody asked me that. They're like, yeah. do you miss baseball? I'm like, when the fuck the did I pay baseball? What the fuck is baseball? <laughs> like, Damn, dude, I got a full ride to play baseball. Yeah. Right? Full ride. I don't even remember. Oh my God. And I was talking, I was watching the game with my dad. I was like, when did they put in that rule? He's like, it's been like three years. What I'm like, Jesus Christ, I haven't watched baseball in three years. I used to obsess. I, I would know stats of every single player. And now all of a sudden I'm like, bro, who is that? And my dad's like, do you don't watch it at, at all? That's evolution. That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah. it, it is, it feels good because I don't have this, this draw to like hold who I used to be. And I think that that's why I'm struggling being back home right now. Right. Like I, I got back home and then I see people on Instagram and stuff where I'm like, do I want to see that person? I'm like, bro, you're, you're the same dude. You don't want to call them lame. No. And I'm like, what, what will we say in that conversation? Like, oh, hey, what have you been up to? Yeah, well, I've been drinking beer and uh, smoking yeah. weed and playing the video games. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Hey, have you played COD? Bro, and you're like, what is COD, dude? COD? This is this is such like, a like, this is something that I'm, I'm conflicted about. It's like, I feel there for sure are different avenues to get to the same quote unquote place where you are just like a full-fledged man. Mm. You, your personality is set up in such a way that you want to travel to different places. You want to just go balls deep, even, even if you don't have much money, so forth. In my scenario, I feel like I am based in one area, Southern California, working on the podcast, working on my health coaching, mm. and I'm not necessarily gaining as much experience outside, but I'm building something up to a point where it allows me all the freedom to just go balls deep on doing that. Mm. And the one concern I, I totally believe in, my, in myself, but the one concern I have is what if, you know, it's always a thought, what if it doesn't pan out? Mm. Then what? Then who's around you? Dude, the, that's the thing is that everything has a root. Okay. Like what is like, if you were in a blank white room that God put you in, right. And you were just, just a spotlight. What would you do? Would you, what was the first thing you would want people around? Sure, yeah. So, like, do you see that? Xavier want a soccer ball, dog. Come on. Let's yeah, go. that's, be that's like, Yo, let me, let me. <laughs> But I have this belief. I know I, it's the faith component. It will lead me somewhere beautiful down the road. It's just, you know, being 25, being young, being stuck in it, you can't see it. This is one thing I'll say. And we talked about this a little bit, right? Like, you aren't massively intelligent. And I, bro, I've gotten to live with you. I've gotten to train with you, both soccer and like physical conditioning. Shout out Ryan. I fucking love that motherfucker. I love Ryan, bro. Um, you're, you're massively intelligent. Appreciate that. You're 25. Do not act like you have to be 35 right now. Yeah. You are not going to solve the world's mysteries at 25 years old. You won't. What you can do to serve yourself is learn empathy, communication, experience. Mm -hmm. That's what you can learn. Because for the next 10 years, I, I firmly believe this, that you are going to fix massive problems. Because I know you, I've gotten to live with you, I've gotten to interact with you. You are massively cerebral, you can understand without necessarily being there. Mm -hmm. But learning by being there, 
there's there's expensive versus inexpensive experience, right? Expensive experience being expensive. That is your experience. You went through that. You wasted the time. You wasted the energy. There's inexpensive experience where you learn from other people. Yeah. You have that down. You have inexpensive experience down. You can serve yourself by getting expensive experience, mm-hmm. by being around people that aren't like you, being around people that, that massively disagree with you and learn where to fall on the spectrum. And I think that that's something that, because dude, when I left here, I was 17, right? When I left here, massively Republican, massively wow. staunch, Jesus, staunch <laughs> Republican, because that's what I knew. I don't, I don't even want to say that. Um, <laughs> nope. I was, I was not a fucked up kid, but like, I was still me, right? But then I went to Texas and I saw people using the N-word all the time and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, what the fuck is your problem? But then they would go to church and then the people were like, oh my God, look at Holy Tom over there. You're like, Holy Tom, like, Holy Tom's a dickhead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. And you're like, you should have seen what he yeah, did on yeah. Tuesday. I was like, yeah. dude, you should see how he treats women. That's that. That's Holy Tom right there, bro. And I'm like, yo, that's. <laughs> Right. And, but it shaped me because I was like, I left here Republican. Yeah. I go to Republican central and I'm like, yo, they're just as fucked up as everybody else. Like you could be holy in front of Jesus and all that shit mm-hmm. in the church and whatever. Yeah. You're yeah. But then you're hitting women or you're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. There, there's a way to interact with people that I wasn't seeing there. So then it shaped me a little bit. And then I go on that trip, the Russia to Africa trip, massively uncomfortable. First time in my life, I was massively uncomfortable. Right nobody shared my opinions because I was like little Christian boy that was like Republican and I had no idea what was going on. And Mm. you're seeing people hook up in a hostel and you're like, what the fuck is your problem? You know what I'm saying? But then at first you have distaste and you think Mm. it's disgusting. And then you have an experience there and then it kind of changes you along the way. Right. And so like over the last 10 years, I was living with 26 people in a three bedroom house in New York when I first got to New York. Right. Wow. 26 people in a three bedroom house. Jeez. People were doing heroin. It was my first time living with gay people. It was my first time being around heavy drug use. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, a little too intense. Like having, having like two separate groups of dudes having orgies in the bathroom. There was only two bathrooms. And that was my first time being around it. Right. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right. But then they ended up being like my closest friends. Right. And then I learned how to communicate that. Like, hey, y'all get the fuck out of the bathroom. I really got to take a piss. Yeah. And I could, who am I to cast judgment? You want to be fat, be fat, right? It's broken, but that's not on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't change you. Yeah. Right. Like having these experiences that might be hard for you. It will be hard for you, but you're 25. Again, massively intelligent. Up the experience. Yeah. You can still learn on the road. hundred percent. But it's going to be a different perspective that you have. And you will add more value by taking on these experiences because most people do not like change. They don't. We've talked about it with NFTs. We've talked about it with Signal Versus. We've talked about it with Manhattan. We've talked about it. Like, they don't like change. Be the person that can accept change and then go from there because that's how you add perspective. I'm 27. I don't talk like I'm 27. Besides, I say fuck and all that kind of stuff. But like, I... I don't have the mind of a 27-year-old. If I sit in a room with 27-year-olds, I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. right. Yeah, it makes And no so sense. like you need, sincerely need to go experience that. 
And if that means you go backpack the world and fucking spend six months in Africa and Far East Asia and stuff like that, really lean into that. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, like sitting with people that have like, you guys are massively different. You will learn so much in that space right there. And you might not agree with them, but that's the point. To have discourse with these people that it, it, it builds empathy, right? And I struggle with this at times because like I'm, I'm, bro, I rode my bike across the country and I didn't fucking train, right? I'm like, I just did it. My brother didn't even know how to ride a fucking bike. Like Jesus. he just did it. And my brother's 5'5", 120. He's like not strong. He's like, he's a hell of a surfer and a hell of a rock climber, but he's not muscle beach. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't naturally built for it. He wasn't, he wasn't Mr. Athlete that was like, yeah, all right. He's an artist. But he rode his bike across the country. My brother, I I hope that at some point he comes on the podcast again. The conversation you'd have with my brother. Now, versus three years ago, he's not even remotely close to the same person. You front man's a fucking punk band. What? (laughs) Bro, this is the kid that wouldn't even fucking speak up in class. Wow. Like, how did that happen? Hell yeah, dude. It's because he has confidence. And then he gets around the bike messengers. He goes through Omar committing suicide. He's going through these things that are so like. Insane. They're Perspective changing, life changing, pivotal moments. That 99.9% of people don't go through because they're fucking scared. They're not out there. No. Here's the problem. Go. That's, that's to you. Have, get, get the fuck the out. out there. Yeah. No. And I, I mean it. Because I do love you and I care about you a lot. Like, go. Because that will serve Zaid at 30. Out of, are you talking about just, just out of fucking location? Fucking whatever, whatever you think. Yeah. Do. Like, okay. it, what scares you? That, that, that thing, right? When I first took my Russia trip, I read the book, The Alchemist, right? I was fucking seven. Or no, I was 20. Read The Alchemist, page to page. Bang. Knocked it out. Mm-hmm. I don't read books. I like, why the fuck am I going to read a book? I'm an athlete, right? Read the book. That night, I bought a one-way ticket to Russia. Russia. Why Russia? Because I had no idea what the hell was out there. I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to send it. Yeah, I'm still part of this earth. Yeah, I I got there and I didn't have a visa and I had to end up buying a plane ticket to Prague because I couldn't even leave the airport. But it was because I didn't know. I just didn't know. (laughs) And then I'm hitchhiking all over the place. Massively uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But through the discomfort... You learn to see from a different angle. And I'm obsessed with the idea of there being base layers, right? So like your base layer and then you learn, 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 learn. And then you obviously fall off the peak and then you come down here. As long as your base layer is always higher than your previous base layer, like you're building. Yeah. Your intelligence is not going to go away because you go do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Your physical body, yeah, it's going to suffer. Your routine's going to suffer. You're going to not be drinking fucking mountain spring water. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, no, it's true. Saying? It's true. Th- those things you can protect as much as you want, but guess what? You get hit by a car tomorrow mm-hmm. and it's fucking over all that mountain Valley spring water. Guess what? They didn't sponsor you, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you get what I'm saying? And that's not, that's not a jab. That's me saying like from, I believe in you massively. And I think that you having the ability to take on things that you disagree with wholeheartedly disagree with Mm -hmm. and sit in that space to understand right like the whole like show supersize me right like (laughs) 
It's stupid as fuck. We all watched it in high school and shit, right? Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that I'm like, fuck yeah, bro. You did that. That's yeah. a challenge. Yeah, it yeah, that's is. 100% and like, challenge, dude. And like Coach, Coach Joe putting you at left back, right? Like that was you're unusual. Like, I'm, I'm not a left back. Mm -hmm. He puts you at left back and you got to perform. It's uncomfortable. You yeah. might never be left back. But that is it's besides the point. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're 25. Go be 25. Fuck up. Mm -hmm. Go live in Australia. Why Australia? I don't know. Go learn a fucking fourth language. I don't give a fuck. Hook up with a fat chick. Yeah. Like just get I, I, just get just uncomfortable. Something, right? Yeah. And I checklist. Think it's a bucket list of your of yeah. yourself. And I, I think yeah. that you would look back on that. Staunch Republican, Dalton, Mr. Christian, all of that kind of stuff, versus like <laughs> who I am now is like <laughs> two massively different people. And I and I love myself, right? Like I've I've gone through this. Like I don't wear headphones anymore at all. I just don't. Why? Because of the fucking bike trip, bro. You spend 93 days on the road with no fucking headphones. You can't go back to wearing headphones. Yeah. I, I try. Like if I really need to knock out a podcast, I'll do it. I don't wear, or I don't wear headphones when I work out. I don't need it. I don't need motivation from some dude saying like, yes, bro, go dude, do it. It's because you're so grounded. You've been through so much experience to the point where you understand your surrounding to the, to know that dude, life already has a resonance. It has a tone. Start listening. Mm -hmm. Start viewing it as such. Do all that stuff. Um, when I went on my trip for, I went a couple of times and I always do this thing where I go to places where I don't know the language, mm -hmm. don't know anything. And I, and I start with nature and work my way down to city. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the breaking points, I already can tell you are probably like, they're scary because there's days where you get to the hotel and you're like, Bro, I haven't communicated in so long and I, it takes me like 20 minutes to, to get the right thing to just eat. And mm, then you're yeah. like stuck in the, the middle food. and you've been walking <laughs> like, for days and like your boot kind of ruined your Achilles and you're like, you can't even walk straight. And like, mm. you're like, dude, all right. Um, I don't, you're, you're on the verge of like losing your mind. Right. <clears throat> And you pick up your phone and you're like, this is the last thing that reminds me of home. And you're like at 1%. You're like, oh God. You know, like, what do I even, you know? And you sit there and you go, God damn it. Let me just take this all in real quick. And you just breathe. All right. What's the only thing that hasn't changed across the whole world? Air. You breathe and you're like, dude, I, you become so grounded with you, like the true necessities that you need in this life. And it shapes your thinking in a different way. It expands it almost. And you know what? After my second week, um, you know, after crying in a hotel, you just get up and you're just like, all right, Duolingo. <laughs> you're like, all right. You <laughs> Might know as well I mean? get like, productive. You're like, let me learn all the numbers. Let me learn this. Now you're like in a different peak focus point, right? And you, you start to... You're like, I remember being a different personality when I was in Cali. Like, why is it I walk into Moon Goat differently than I walk into like Gloria Jeans in Turkey? You know, I understand that like, you know, their dialect's different and all this stuff. And it feels like they're kind of just like attacking you. But really, they're just asking about your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, it's all weird to you. So you're like, how do I do that? And you're like, wait, smile, dude. What the hell are you doing? You, you're so stupid. Like you get so caught up into the point that you forget to smile. Are you kidding me? It's, it's the sensory overload. Yeah. It so is. you're like, yeah. you're, you're taken back by all this. And then 
you start to fix it slowly and you're like, oh my God, now I'm getting back into my expansion mode. I'm just thinking differently. I'm viewing my life as a chessboard. Mm. I am all, all of a sudden elevated. I'm not really, I'm not thinking about what Mercedes is doing anymore. I'm thinking about like, dude, the infrastructure of this world is crazy. I want to think about where the UK used to be versus where it is now. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're just like, wait, what's, what's Greenland up to? And you're like, Deep you're like, and suddenly, suddenly you realize that the next three years you've been studying philosophy and doing this and like geographical this. And, and then no. you're, you've just grown into understanding things differently to the point where even the cooking you do at home is different. Right. And you're like, holy crap. I just realized I've been cooking differently for the past three years. What happened? It all started with, <laughs> this random hotel day yeah three years ago you know what i mean and that goes to show you like travel and being able to accept and uh slap yourself into realizing where you are right now that's essentially the start of all accepting experiences mm. yeah you got me fucked up in a good way no, I know. Respect. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I, and it's, I, it's amazing. I don't, I don't amazing. mean any disrespect. No, 100%. Like, I, I totally understand. It's that. the yeah. human experience, dude. And he's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. It's man to man as well. You want to expand yourself? That's a part talk. of expansion. Yeah. I think that there's, and I, I go through it, right? Like, and I think that one thing I'm very, very happy about is the fact that I'm, I've always been intrinsically motivated. Always. Like, you don't have, I, there's no external necessity for me to like, mm -hmm not be a lazy cunt. I'm like, all right, like I'm gonna go work out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've just always been like that. And that is like, maybe it's just because I've been doing it for so long that it's just now internal discipline that if I don't work out in three days, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna fucking, I need to go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that there is, there is a, a price to pay for being at the top, right? There is a massive price to pay. You're gonna be lonely. You're gonna do all of these, have imposter syndrome. Like I'm going through that right now, massive. I'm like, I'm 27. I'm sitting with Kevin Rose and I'm like, dude, why the fuck are you listening to me? There was one, <laughs> there was a few weeks ago. He was like, he was running late for one of our meetings mm -hmm. and he was like, I, I don't know if I can fucking say this. God damn it. He, he was talking to somebody massively fucking important that I was like, holy shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Take your time. He like texts me. He's like, Hey, I'm on the phone with X, Y, Z. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, quick. I'm like, take your time. Uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be like 15 minutes late. I'll call you. I'll call you back. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. He's like, okay, yo, I only have 15 minutes. I have another phone call with X, Y, Z, a completely different person. And I'm like, <laughs> Dal Dalton Weeks is sandwiched in between these two. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like how, how are you not going to have imposter? Yeah. Of course. You know yeah. I know. Like, those are, those are the, the times where I'm like, I have to like kind of check myself and just kind of pinch myself and be like, yo, you're here because you deserve to be here. Yeah. You've done so much work. Dude, you are to, right. To learn all of this shit. Mm -hmm. You know, 99% more than the average Joe, right? Now, learning bedside manner, learning how you hit these quotes and how you really dive into people and how, like, I'm all for being controversial. Like I'm all for speaking your mind and saying whatever the fuck you want. I believe in that because mm -hmm. that comes from the heart. It's authentic. But there is a way to go about this that makes you more successful. 100%. And like man to man, I want you to be successful because I want people like you that are, are helping shape the country's identity. Right. Because I, I believe that we are an amazing country. We have all these, these opportunities that they don't have elsewhere. I need people like you 
that are next to me, helping me form my, my view, my perspective, my lens on life. But you have to believe that and you have to go really battle test some of these like yeah. hard, staunch beliefs that you have. Mm-hmm. That's that, right? Oh. So much bigger than we think. Literally. Yeah. It's, it's fast, dude. It's fast. It never stops either. Fuck. Um, but yeah. Um, so since our audience is uh, probably happy with this episode. Oh my God. If want, you're not happy with this dude, episode. Oh. Yeah. Um, if you had a piece of advice for all the youngsters out there, what would that be? Just a very simple way of putting it. Mm. I think that I would say service is is the most important thing that you can learn. Um, service and connections. And like by service, I mean like doing things authentically for other people. I see it with my brother, right? My brother before the bike trip was, and he's 20, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing his perspective on life and it was shaped by his parents, right? All of our perspectives were shaped by our immediate surroundings. If you take without giving, like you're going to live that way for the rest of your life. You see somebody and you take. You see somebody, you take. Learn to give without expecting anything. You have five cents, give it. Put yourself in that that position. Like self-induced pressure is gold. Really step into that space and say, you know what? Fuck it. I don't need it. If I have a quarter, uh, a quart of water, take it. Like we'll split it. You know what I'm saying? Like really push those boundaries. And you'll see that you're, you're a lot tougher than you think. And you don't need as much as you think. That's not sustainable, right? Like you, you need to take at some points, right? But I think that the, the ability to give under the worst circumstances, it will ground you so much more than anything else. Right. And then from that point, finding a niche where you can really devote yourself and create connections and dive deep with those relationships. I'm seeing it now, right? We're talking about Louis Vuitton. How the fuck did I get a conversation with Louis Vuitton? Bro, I was at a restaurant three months ago. Why the fuck do you care what I have to say? Same world. Different things happen. But there's there is there is gold. When you really, really, really double down on who you are as a person. And they see it, right? And they feel it. Their imposter syndrome is going to be there. Like for the kids that are listening and even young adults, fuck anybody. Like if you don't have like confidence in what you're doing, start there. Start building confidence. And it, it, it won't come all at once. You're going to hear no. I applied to 50 fucking companies and I never made it through a first round interview. Like. And I'm me, like Dalton fucking Weeks, the dude that rode his bike across the country, the dude that's lived in all these countries, the dude that like, it's hard to shake me. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I had like the whole Omar incident that I really said, you know what, fucking I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop until I get it. And so I think like having, having the ability to have like the abundance mindset to value connections, don't fuck people over because if you fuck people over, you get what's coming. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I have, I have zero empathy for people that yeah. are fucking doing that. And what's the opposite of that? It's having a gold heart. And yeah. I swear to God, the, this has been played out over and over, over again, it, more than a decade for me, at least. But when you do something 
out of the kindness of your own heart and just put it out there into the world, only good things will happen. Yeah. You're going to go through a lot of bullshit. You're going to have to filter through that. But only majorly good things will happen. Only majorly good people will be around you. Like, think about it. I, don't, I do not kick it with anyone. Like, honestly, thank you for coming, Dalton. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, you, he's dude. honestly the best he's guest fucking amazing. we've had. Um, and I would say this out of many of my friends, too. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> You're a gem, bro. You don't... It's I, straight up. You and don't just, find many people like yourself. So. Intuitively, I feel like we're on the same wavelength of dis dispersed energy into this uh, universe. Mm -hmm. And we're all lucky to be here. And... Um, yeah, thanks again for hopping on, dude. I this episode went better than I expected. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm, yeah, I'm moving to Mexico, so uh, I'll come back. With Fucking, I was gonna ask him that. So Mexico, Mexico. Okay, for sure. There's like, there's a big uh, crypto event happening in November. Mm. Um, we're supposed to be traveling. I have it like a Europe tour. We're supposed to hit like London, Lisbon, Berlin, Sweden. Hey. and one other place and then we have an asia tour in january in february that we're going to like hong kong hong kong tokyo seoul okay Malaysia, and Singapore. okay yeah it's Damn, fucked up dude, that, i'm like i'm, I'm just, telling you i like bro, i have no idea how we, we you're talking about this like it's nothing oh my god we, we've got to join them on at, at least one country I'm, well yeah. i'm going to see spurs play uh liverpool november you can come, bro. You can come see a real team. I hope they lose. Yeah, I hope they sir. lose. Send us out. Well, anyway, on that note, guys, Mr. Dalton Weeks, once again, thank you for coming on. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe on Spotify. Give us a thumbs up, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as well. Give us a follow at the 2AM Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at 2AM Pod. We'll tag you everywhere. Yes, cool. sir. We're also on YouTube, so go ahead and subscribe. Turn on the bell notifications so you do never miss an episode again. And thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time. Damn. See you guys. Peace. Peace.